Welcome to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. And on today's show, coming up, we'll be looking at Kansas State's basketball season as they will be looking to host the Little Apple Classic. Also, does the name Brian Matumbo ring the bell? It should. He's the son of the Kimby Matumbo, or he's decided to follow his father's footsteps by committing to Georgetown. Also, Wichita State is investigating Coach Greg Marshall of the misconduct allegations. So you want to stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast because we have that and much more coming up. So stay tuned. A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith, is coming up next. Welcome in to another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith hope you got your ticket and hope you've gotten on board because this train is getting ready to take you on a sports journey so let's get started Kansas State to open college basketball season is host of the Little Apple Classic how fitting Manhattan Kansas has been known as Little Apple for years so now how fitting that they come up with a name for their own basketball classic. So, Kansas State will open up, open the season by hosting the inaugural Little Apple Classic, a 14 event also featuring Colorado, Drake, and South Dakota State. The school announced the event Friday with double hitters taking place November 25th and November 27th at Bramlage Coliseum. The Wildcats will face Drake on the first day while Colorado will meet South Dakota State. On the second day, Kansas State faces Colorado and Drake plays South Dakota State. The Kansas State-Colorado matchup reunites programs that were in the same conference from 1948 to 2011, most recently in the Big 12 before the Buffaloes moved to the Pac-12. The NCAA has delayed the start of the season to November 25th due to coronavirus pandemic. The Little Apple Classic replaces the canceled Cayman Island Classic on the Wildcats schedule. Moving on to another story. Wichita State is investigating Coach Greg Marshall amid misconduct allegations. Wichita State head coach Greg Marshall is under investigation by the school. They're looking into his conduct and behavior over the past few years. Two reports came out Thursday night. First from the Athletic confirming that Marshall was under investigation, and then a bombshell report um, from Stadium that included an on-the-record account from former player Shaq Morris alleging that Marshall punched him in the head during a practice in 2015-16. Other allegations include attempting to choke a former assistant coach, racial comments, body shaming a former player. Now, seven players transferred out of the program last spring, which raised some eyebrows around college basketball. Marshall, one of the highest-paid coaches in the sport, makes between 3 and $4 million a year, led Wichita State to a Final Four back when they were in the Missouri Valley Conference. Now, the school is reportedly close to wrapping up their investigation, so we're going to have to wait and see uh, what their next uh, course of action is following the, the wrapping up of their investigation. So, Wichita State is conducting an internal investigation into men's basketball coach Greg Marshall's behavior, the school confirmed on Friday. The university is in the process of an independent investigation conducted by Tuith Keeney, a St. Louis-based law firm, a statement from Wichita State said, The investigation is being completed in an expeditious and deliberate 
manner. We have received full cooperation from university staff, coaches, and current student athletes, and Greg Marshall and support any individual who chooses to participate in order to conduct a fair, impartial, and thorough investigation. In the interim, activities of the team will continue as scheduled, and as it does regularly, the university has reminded all staff, coaches, and student athletes of relevant policies and channels for reporting concerns. The Athletic reported Thursday multiple allegations against Marshall from, 20, from the 2015-16 season, including Marshall pushing and later punching former player Shaquille Morris. Marshall putting one of his hands around a staff member's neck and Marshall following and trying to punch a student athlete in another sport who parked in his parking spot. I am aware of concerns about my record and treatment of my players that has led to an independent investigation by the university, Marshall said in a statement Friday. I have cooperated fully with the investigation and support the university's effort to understand the concerns that have been raised. I look forward to the conclusion of this process and will continue to focus my energy on our team. Morris told Stadium that Marshall punched him during a practice. Following a file, Morris said he went to help teammate Zach Brown up and was then struck with a punch by Marshall. He punched me while I was facing away or over my right shoulder hit me in my jaw, Morris told Stadium. I turned and coaches are surrounding us at the time. The incident, according to Morris, came the same day he told Marshall that his mother was stricken with cancer. Stadium also reported that the staff member whom Marshall attempted to choke was former assistant coach Kyle Linstead, who is now at Minnesota. Linstead told ESPN on Friday, he had no comment about the report. Other allegations reported by Stadium, which talked to more than 30 current and former members of the program, include Marshall body shaming a player who is now dealing with anxiety and depression, Marshall making Indian howling noises and telling Isaiah Poorboy Chandler, who is a Native American descent, to get back on his horse, Marshall telling Columbian Center Jamie Echenique, he would be a great coffee bean picker. And Marshall telling Eric Stevenson that he was afraid of brothers, guys raised by their grandparents, eating PB and J's. In his statement Friday, Marshall's in his statement Friday, Marshall said, My coaching style isn't for everyone. Many players thrive in the system we have created and are energized by our team culture. For those players, I am a motivator, a pusher, someone who can tap into their greatest potential. For others, I can be demanding, harsh, or strict. I don't argue with those descriptions. What I am not is demeaning or abusive. I have deep respect for all my players. I believe unequivocally in their values as athletes, as students, and as people. Any portrayal of me to the contrary is wrong. I have always pledged my full-hearted commitment to my team. I hope that no player or coach in my program ever doubts my respect for them or my investment in their success. 
Wichita State saw a mass exodus from its basketball program last spring with eight players initially entering the transfer portal. Moishu Desi ultimately returned to the Shockers, but Ashbourne Midgard, Grand Canyon, Grant Sherfield, Nevada, D'Antonio Gordon, Northwest Mississippi Community College, Noah Fernandez, UMass, Stevenson, Washington, Jamarius Burton, Texas Tech, and walk on Tate Bus all departed. Marshall has been the head coach of Wichita State since 2007, leading the Shockers to a final four appearance in 2013 and five Missouri Valley Conference championships. In 2013-14, Wichita State entered the NCAA tournament with a 34-0 record before losing to Kentucky in the second round. Wichita State moved into the American Athletic Conference in 2017 and hasn't been to the NCAA tournament since his first season in the league. The Shockers finished 23-8 last season and were squarely on the bubble before the NCAA tournament was canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. So we are definitely going to be keeping our eye on that situation at Wichita State as I am doing my podcast. I'm right here in Wichita, Kansas, so I would definitely be keeping my eye on that situation. Hopefully, we'll have some interviews, talking to some people. I'm not going to put names out right now until it's confirmed, but there's a few names that I would definitely be reaching out to. And as far as Kansas State is concerned and their inaugural little apple, I can drop this name. I'm hoping to get in touch with my good friend, Rick Thomas, and see how things are going on up there in Manhattan. And probably pick his brain as well, too, on the happenings going on up here, as I know he will most likely want to chime in and comment on that. So, coronavirus and college sports. NCAA reopening plans, latest news, program cuts, and more. So, what is going on? Well, let's see. Kansas coach Les Miles has tested positive for COVID-19. Miles is the fifth known FBS head coach to test positive for the virus. He's also the oldest at 66, turned 67 on November 10th. This was part of routine testing at Kansas, which says no assistant coaches have tested positive. The school reporting no additional positive tests among players. Miles was at his radio show, Hawk Talk, on Wednesday night in Lawrence and reportedly did say he felt like he had a cold. Now, there were socially distanced measures in place for all those attending that event, including masks and you know, sitting apart, but certainly uh, there, there will be some contact tracing that, that's done there and in any other places that Miles has been. He's going to remain connected with the team virtually with meetings and, and other preparations. They don't have a game this week. And athletic director Jeff Long saying that if symptoms don't present and Miles doesn't have a fever, he expects him to be back on the sideline October 17th when the 0-3 Jayhawks visit West Virginia. He here, though, certainly, even though Miles appears to be in good health, he is an older uh, coach, and uh, that will certainly be something to monitor here for the next few days at Kansas. So there you have it. So the coronavirus pandemic continues to rail the college sports landscape, leaving many questions unanswered. Complex High-stakes public health issues are being addressed as conferences decide what college sports will look like 
in the coming year. Here is the latest news and updates from the college sports world. So, latest news, Kansas coach Les Miles tests positive for the coronavirus. So, Thursday, October 8th, Kansas coach, Kansas Jayhawks football coach Les Miles has tested positive for the coronavirus. The university announced on Thursday. Florida A&M University in Southern Miss postponed by COVID-19. The Florida Atlantic, actually Florida Atlantic University, sorry, versus Southern Miss game scheduled for Saturday in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, has been postponed. FAU said the reason for the postponement was COVID-19 related. Colorado can begin practice. The Colorado Buffaloes have received approval from health officials to begin football practice. The midshipmen okay to be at game. Navy's brigade of midshipmen can attend Saturday's home game between Navy and Temple at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium after state and local officials in Maryland lifted some attendance restrictions in place because of coronavirus. Navy announced that on Thursday. SEC warns of fines and bans. For the second straight week, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey sent out an internal memo to athletic directors and coaches on the need to follow coronavirus protocols, this time outlining fines and possible suspensions in the event that they do not do so. Baylor suspends football activities. Baylor has suspended all football-related activities, saying it needs to evaluate recent positive tests for COVID-19 and perform close contact tracing. The Bears have a bye week, but their homecoming game is planned for October 17th in Waco, Texas. Wednesday, October 7th, the Mid-American Conference on Wednesday released a six-game league-only football schedule that will feature only midweek games for the first three weeks. Sumlin eyes return. Arizona football coach Kevin Sumlin is asymptomatic after testing positive for COVID-19 and expects to consult with his doctor this week before solidifying a plan for when he can return to in-person coaching duties. UNC Virginia women's soccer postponed. Thursday's women's soccer game between number one North Carolina and number 10 Virginia has been postponed because of roster depletion among the Cavaliers caused by the coronavirus and injuries. Georgia Southern, Appalachian State moved. Georgia Southern's football game against Appalachian State, originally scheduled for Wednesday, October 14th at Allen E. Paulson Stadium, has been postponed and rescheduled for December 12th, the schools announced on Wednesday. So what I'm going to do right here, because there is more where this comes from, I'm going to take a break and slip in a word from my sponsor. And when I come back, I will give you the rest of this rundown on what college sports will be looking like. So stay tuned. A Train Sports Talk podcast, your conductor, Anthony Smith. Be right back at you after this word from my sponsor. Welcome back once again, and to go ahead and give you the more some more rundown on the what the college 
football season and sports in general can look like and how they're holding up or maybe not holding up in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. On Tuesday, October 6th, Florida State coach and great Bobby Bowden, 90, was admitted to the hospital Tuesday as he undergoes treatment for COVID-19. Monday, October 5th, Arizona football coach Kevin Sumlin was test, has tested positive for COVID-19, team announced on Monday. Saturday, October 3rd, the Virginia Tech Hokies are without 21 players, including the four cornerbacks and the safety on Saturday due to coronavirus concerns. The team was without 23 players last week. SMU student section cleared after protocol violations. Campus police cleared out the entire SMU student section during the first half of Saturday's game against Memphis because a large majority in the crowd wasn't following coronavirus protocols such as wearing masks or social distancing, a school spokesman confirmed, confirmed to ESPN. Friday, October the 2nd, Notre Dame President Reverend John Jenkins has tested positive for the coronavirus. The football program in Notre Dame had to postpone this game with Wake Forest on September 26th due to a COVID-19 outbreak. Two bowls canceled due to pandemic. Both the Hawaii Bowl and the Bahamas Bowl have been canceled this year due to coronavirus pandemic. The decision was made due to COVID-19 and the current travel restrictions in place. Ohio State socially distances. Ohio State coach Ryan Day stated that amid COVID-19 concerns, some of the Buckeyes coaches have decided not to stay with their families while the team prepares for the season. The team does not have a requirement on where coaches stay. SEC reminds coaches, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, sent out a memo reminding coaches to wear masks on the sideline. Several coaches were seen not wearing masks like Saturday, and Sankey warns of additional action if the trend continues. Thursday, October 1st, a week out from a rematch of last year's Sunbelt title game, Appalachian State and Louisiana announced Thursday that their October 7th game would be postponed due to positive coronavirus tests at Appalachian State. Mountain West releases fall football schedule. The Mountain West Conference released its 2020 schedule Thursday, which includes abbreviated conference slates for Boise State, Air Force, and San Diego State. The Patriot League to next games in 2020. Coaches in the Patriot League have been informed of plans to begin the basketball season in 2021 with an 18-game conference schedule, sources told ESPN. Maryland AD coaches volunteer for pay cut. The University of Maryland announced 13 coaches and athletic director Damon Evans have volunteered to take 10% pay cuts in addition to the university-imposed base pay reduction. On Wednesday, September 30th, yes, we're going back because we're basically bringing you up to speed. So if it seems like some of these dates are just just bear with me because I am just pretty much bringing you up to speed. It's a timetable and how all this has come to be. 
Wednesday, September 30th, Missouri football coach Eric Grinkwitz said there is no uniform SEC policy for public reporting of COVID-19 test results and no sharing of that information among the 14-member programs. San Jose, San Jose State to practice outside county. Due to local restrictions currently preventing San Jose State from practicing in groups larger than 12, the Spartans will travel to Humboldt State, 320 miles away, to practice ahead of their season opener on October 24th. CAA spring football slate includes plus two options. The Colonial Athletic Association will play a six-game conference schedule that includes the option for schools to add up to two non-conference games during a 2021 spring season, the league announced on Wednesday. South Alabama, Troy, postponed. South Alabama has postponed Saturday's scheduled home game against Troy after pausing its football workouts because of COVID-19 issues. 19 Buffalo football players test positive. The University of Buffalo said 25 athletes, including 19 football players, have tested positive for the coronavirus. Arkansas State coach had virus. Arkansas State head coach Blake Anderson said he has recovered from having the coronavirus. And lastly, Monday, September 28th, 15 Purdue players have been suspended for violating the Protect Purdue Pledge by holding a party in a campus residence hall, the university announced Monday. The athletes do not play for teams that compete during the fall, Purdue's athletic department confirmed in a statement. And there's so much more where that comes from, but I have to move on to another segment. So what I'm going to do right here is I'm going to slip in another break. And when I come back, I will have some more for you. So stay tuned. The train is still building up steam. This is your conductor of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, Anthony Smith. Right back after this word from my sponsor. Welcome back, and now we're looking across the basketball globe. Ryan Matumbo, Matumbo, son of Dikembe Matumbo, follows in father's footsteps by committing to Georgetown. Ryan Matumbo, the son of former NBA player and Hall of Famer Dikembe Matumbo, announced Sunday he would follow in his father's footsteps by committing to play basketball at Georgetown. Ryan Matumbo chose the Hoyas over a Final Four that also included Tennessee, Stanford, and Georgia. Although Georgetown was always the perceived favorite due to his father's playing for the Hoyas, Tennessee was squarely in the mix down the stretch. A legitimate impact recruit in his own right, Matumbo is ranked number 94 in the ESPN 100 for the class of 2021. He's the number 15 center in the country and reportedly averaged about 24 points, 12 rebounds, 4 blocks last season for the Levette School, Georgia. Georgetown coach Patrick Ewing made Matumbo a priority recruit in his 2021 class. 
and Matumbo is the fourth pledge for the Hoyas. He joins guards Tyler Beard and Jordan Riley and forward Jalen Billingsley. Ewing is still strongly pursuing two five-star prospects in 2021, guard Aminu Mohammed, number 11, and Efton Reed, number 18. Dikembe Mutombo was a two-time Big East Defensive Player of the Year during his career at Georgetown before an NBA career that included eight All-Star Game appearances and four Defensive Player of the Year awards. He has the second most blocked shots in NBA history. Ryan Matumbo's commitment means the sons of the three Hall of Fame centers who played at Georgetown in the 1980s and 1990s, Ewing, Matumbo, and Alonzo Mourning, will all have played for the Hoyas in college. Uh, this Heat team has, has shown a willingness to fight. Uh, their competitive desire can't be questioned, but is this anything but a foregone conclusion now? Yes, it's a foregone conclusion. Right. It's over. They're going home. All right. uh, in all likelihood, Friday, the valiant effort, all the respect in the world, they'll be around in the future. But in terms of this series, it's a wrap. They're not coming back from a 3-1 deficit. They don't have the horses. They've got young, solid players surrounding a guy like Jimmy Butler. Jay Crowder was a great pickup for them and what have you. But when you're going up against LeBron and AD, you need at least one bona fide superstar to offset that. Tony Butler played like a superstar yeah. in game three. But is he a superstar night in and night out? No, no, nah, he's not there. I'm going to try one more time. Extra day. Maybe they get Dragic. Well, you know, well, you're going to give him a chance, and we'll give him a chance Friday night. I am telling you, they're going home. <laughs> okay. okay, they're All going right. back to South Beach. Now, if they luck up and they win a game or whatever, that's fine. What I mean when I say that is that they are not coming back from a 3-1 deficit to win the NBA championship. That's not going to happen, and I'm predicting this series ends Friday. So, bold prediction. Coming from someone who has no problem being brash with his comments, Stephen A. Smith says, this series is over. So, will the Los Angeles Lakers complete a championship run Friday night, or will the Miami Heat rediscover the formula that gave them their only win of the series so far? Which of the Lakers all-NBA duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis has the inside track at NBA Finals MVP. Let me just stop right there. It just seems like this MVP trophy in lieu of the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo got the regular season MVP. It just seems like this NBA Finals MVP trophy has LeBron James' name all over it. And the only reason you throw an Anthony Davis name in the mix is just to add more to this drama, this MVP drama. That's my take. On the eve of a potential closeout game 5, Friday 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC, 
the experts tackle the two biggest questions heading into what could be the final game inside the league's Orlando, Florida bubble. Who will win NBA Finals Game 5? ESPN's Basketball Power Index says the Lakers are a 58% favorite to win Game 5 and secure the NBA title. But the panel gives an even heavier edge to Los Angeles. Los Angeles Lakers 71%, Miami Heat 29%. How close how the Lakers close out the series. Capturing the franchise's 17th championship will require the Lakers' full attention to the details that got them this far inside the bubble. The Lakers will need to get Anthony Davis cooking early. Davis's impact cannot be simply measured by statistics. Offensively, he is unstoppable when aggressive and not mired in foul trouble like he was in Game 3. Davis is Davis in an early and aggressive rhythm could get Bam Adebayo and others in foul trouble themselves. Defensively, Davis is smothered, just as Jimmy Butler. And during game four, Davis played 42 minutes. During the six minutes he sat, the Heat outscored the Lakers 22-11. The Lakers are also at their best on the run, and their fast break is often sparked by their defense. When they get steals, deflections, and stops, LeBron James is lethal. He can take a rebound and either heave it down court to a leaking teammate, or he can start a break and either score at the rim or draw heat defenders to find an open shooter. And when James creates for shooters, the Lakers' third star, which has been filled by committee, often emerges. Ray John Rondo, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Marquise Morris, and Kyle Kuzma have all made big plays and hit big shots, and a couple of them will be needed again. Our third star is whoever has the open shot, Alex Caruso said after Game 5. Finally, James has to be the closer that he is on this stage. He is 3-0 during his career win went in position to clinch the finals. James knows what a championship with a third franchise, especially one as storied as the Lakers, would do for his legacy. He demands supreme effort and attention from his teammates. To win game five and capture the title, the Lakers will have to follow James's lead. How the Heat force a game six? The Heat desperately needs somebody to help Butler on offense especially if he sees James and Davis as much as he did throughout Game 4. If Goran Dragic remains out with a foot injury suffered in Game 1, the onus might fall on Kendrick Nunn. The rookie guard was just 2 for 11 from the field and missed several open looks in Game 4. Jay Crowder also needs to stretch the floor by knocking down a few early three-pointers. In the end, the Heat might only go as far as Butler carries them, especially with Adebayo still limited because of a neck injury that caused the all-star big man to miss games two and three. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson have the shooting prowess to help swing game five. But to extend the series, Butler must put this group on his back down the stretch 
like he did in Miami's Game 3 victory. If the final few minutes of Tuesday's Game 4 are any indication, look for James to see even more time on Butler if he, if the contest is close in the waning moments. Which leads to another question. LeBron or AD for Finals MVP? According to ESPN Stats and Information Research, James and Davis are on pace to become the fourth pair of teammates in NBA history to each average more than 25 points per game while shooting better than 50% in a finals series, and the first since Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant in 2002. But which superstar has been more valuable heading into Game 5? If the Lakers win Game 5, who should be named Finals MVP? Well, 67% say LeBron James, 33% says Anthony Davis. If the Lakers win Game 5, who will be named Finals MVP? Notice the first question was who should be named. Now this one is who will be named? Well, according to the poll, 83% said LeBron James, 17% said Anthony Davis. So let's get some comments from one Kendrick Perkins and see what he has to say. Give me your number one takeaway from the Lakers winning game four last night. Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr., but you could call him A.D. Oh, oh, last night he put on a defensive clinic. I'm talking about that was a masterpiece. He was on Jimmy Butler heels like a pair of socks. And here it is, you have your 6'11 power forward going to Miami. He's best player who just came off the historical night, one of the best final performances in NBA history, and he locked him up. Yes, I know Jimmy got off to a high start going 5 for 5 for them field, 4 for 4 on AD, but AD planted his feet into the ground and he posted up like a stop sign because he kept getting stop after stop after stop, anchoring the defense, switching out on pick and rolls. He did it all defensively. And Greeny, listen, to all those who out there wanted to see what a defensive player looked like, Anthony Davis showed us that last night because he was stuck on Jimmy Butler like that. Sales are stuck on me. <laughs> so, Big Perler, give me the one thing Miami has to do to win Friday night and keep the series alive. Get on their knees and start praying that a prime B Wade or Shaq is going to pull up to Orlando in the bubble. And even if they do pull up, we don't know if they're going to be able to make it out of quarantine in time. So right now, you know the saying, Greeny, the heat or dead bird tall grass is over. You can cancel Christmas. So Kendrick Perkins never at a loss for words. Pray that uh, in their prime, Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal can clear quarantine. <laughs> that will be a classic quote. <laughs> okay. So, the case for LeBron. Why this is King James' award to lose. Only five times in finals history has a player led his team in scoring, rebounds, and assists while winning the series. Magic Johnson earned finals MVP when he became the first player to accomplish the feat in 1987. MVP voters bestowed the honor on Tim Duncan 
when he pulled it off in 2003. Same for James himself in 2012 and 2013 with the Heat and again in 2016 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So why would this occasion be any different? With all due respect to Davis, it's hard to argue that a guy can be the most valuable player in a series in which his teammate scores more points, grabs more rebounds, and dishes out more assists, especially considering the Lakers likely would have swept the heat if not for Davis's off night in Game 3, when foul trouble limited him to 15 points, 5 rebounds, and a minus 26 in 33 minutes. An argument for Davis can be based on his impact on defensive end, especially during Game 4 when he served as the primary defender on Butler and bothered the Heat star. James had a 28-point, 12-rebound, 8-assist performance in that win. And when the Heat made their push to pull within two points with a few minutes to go, James delivered the most critical play of the game, grabbing the rebound, pushing the ball in transition, drawing three Miami defenders, and kicking it to Caldwell Pope in the corner for a wide-open three. If you want to make a case that Davis is the most valuable sidekick of James' career, bumping Dwayne Wade or Kyrie Irving down a notch, have at it. But James, the clear finals MVP, remains the king. So, the case for AD, while the Brow should win his first finals MVP. Davis is the biggest reason the Lakers are went away from beating the Heat for LA's first championship since 2010. It was Davis's dominance in the paint at both ends that drove the Lakers to a 2-0 lead in the series. Miami had no answer for Davis as he romped his way to 66 points on 26 of 41 shooting, 63% to go along with 23 rebounds. In game four, Davis shined on defense. Coach Frank Vogel turned to him to defend the smaller Butler after Butler's 40-point triple-double in Game 3. And Davis blanketed Butler, who shot 1-for-7 against him over the final three quarters, according to ESPN's stats and info data, while blocking four shots. Yes, in between those stretches, Davis struggled in Game 3. Plagued by foul trouble, he was limited to 15 points and 5 rebounds in 33 minutes. A big reason the Heat were able to get their long win so far. The Finals MVP is for the entirety of the series. And over that span, Davis has been efficient and effective. Per ESPN stats and info, Davis's 70.1 true shooting percentage would be third best in a final series with at least 50 field goal attempts in the past two decades, trailing Ray Allen in 2008, 70.8%, and Clay Thompson last year, 70.6%. Perhaps most impressive is this. In the 37 minutes Davis has played with James on bench in the finals, the Lakers are plus 11. On the flip side, they've been outscored by two points with Davis resting and James on the court. Add it up, you get an MVP performance for the Brow. AD, Anthony Davis.
so there you have it hopefully that will get you set and ready for tonight's NBA Finals make your pick who closes out do the Lakers close this game out or do Miami extend this oh can't you just feel the drama and the tension who ends up with the MVP trophy that just adds more to this plot doesn't it well anyway this is Friday night high school football night and as you know I put in my earlier podcast that at least here in the city area and surrounding areas they've decided to allow fans on a limited basis so student athletes will be allowed fall sports to have four vouchers for family members so with that being said get out tonight enjoy a football game or two cheer these young people on the victory until my next episode take care of yourself and each other have a blessed day this is the a train conductor of the a train anthony smith signing off You've been listening to another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with conductor Anthony Smith. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. If you have, share this podcast, like this podcast, and let everybody know the train is building up steam. So grab your ticket and get on board. Thanks again for listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your conductor Anthony Smith.